You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, Sid Talk, it should be quieter in this room now. Why? Because of some, I'll, I'll talk about it later, but go on. What were you saying? Well, are we back in the year 2000? <laughs> Close. 1999. The movie with Tom the... Hanks and Meg Ryan. Uh, well, this is a magnet. This is not the before they have to show discussion, but um, briefly. This is a magnet that I found in a box that was on our wedding cake. It is... What kind of computer would you describe that as? It looks the 1990s. Like, no, it actually looks like a Mac. Like one of those Macs where everything was built into the screen. Oh, true. It's got like a floppy drive yeah. and, well, little stickers that like have a floppy drive. Mac. And on top, it's got little plastic floppy drives and a little cup of coffee sitting on the top of the monitor. And when you press the keyboard, it says, you've got mail. Those were on our wedding cake because... There's two of them, right? Yes, there still are. Oh. The other one didn't work at all. Um, and this one, the bottom's fallen off. But it still works. That is 15 years ago, my friend. 14 years ago. Was it been from 1999? Now, talking of things that last a long time, that is one of them. But I have a um, Swiss Army knife in my drawer that I use all the time. Mm-hmm. I've had it... A tiny one. 1998, I bought it. A little tiny one. Yeah, it's a little tiny one. It's got the scissors and the blade. It's a small Swiss Army knife, Victorinox. And it's got a little flashlight on it. It's like a little LED flashlight. And I bought it in 1998. I've never not used it. I use it all the time. I use it. It's in my drawer. And still today, it works. Even the flashlight. And I don't even know where the battery is inside. It was the good old days. How does the battery last? the electronics last? lasted so long. How does the battery last from 1998? That's from, also probably from, I don't know when it was made, but whenever you know what it tells me? came around. Those little watch batteries are the way to go for power. Yeah, no shit. Because it's those tiny little watch batteries. They seem to last. Whereas a normal battery, you put it in a remote control or something. You don't use the remote control for two years because it's just sat in a box. Drained you out. You pull it out, it's done, isn't it? Hmm, interesting. Very. In fact, the other day, uh, IBM called to say they were going to replace a battery in one of our like PDU or a backup system thing. I work in a data center. And um, he said, well, you know, it's going to take a while because they have to manufacture these as we order them because when they make them and let them sit, they lose a high percentage of their... So we make them, install them, and again, and then I guess it's okay for them to sit uh, there and lose their charge. But if you make them and leave them sit, yeah, they, so they just make them on the fly. Hmm. I know. Proprietary, of course, IBM. Anyway, that's your technical talk for this week. <laughs> so before we go on with the show, I just want to... I, a friend of mine um, has opened a new website, and I he told me about it, and I thought it was relevant to this show, because if you're into video games... Uh, and I'm into video games. <coughs> this is I, a movie review show. And I talk about them every week. So, I wanted to mention his website. His website's called puregeek.com. And it's www.pureg33k. So it's like leetspeak. Puregeek.com. That's why it doesn't actually say pure geek to any normal person. It does to me. And I would probably be a customer for him. So, um... What he, what he sells is uh, video games, downloadable video games, PC games. Um, and he also sells some other stuff like Xbox Live memberships and... Nothing real, like tangible, all downloadable. Yeah, downloadable goods. Um, and he, he's based in the UK, so all the prices are in pounds. 
So if you're in the UK, that's fine. But he does sell everywhere, so I believe you have to convert it yourself when you're buying stuff. But um, his games are actually cheaper than some of the big services like Steam. So, And he sells all the latest games. He's got pre-orders for The Sims 4, and we've just been looking at his website. There's uh, all the new games that are coming up. Watch Dogs is on there at a reasonable price that just came out. Um, so it's puregeek.com, and that's pure geek, but two threes instead of E's. Um, and he wanted me to mention that um, he supports indie developers. So what they do every month is on select items when you buy them, they donate a pound from the sale to an indie developer. And this week, uh, this month, sorry, he's is giving money to the developer Explosive Dinosaurs. They've got a Kickstarter campaign. So he's sending a pound from each sale to them. Maybe in the future mm. I can get a discount coupon or something for listeners of this show. I I, I say for myself. For myself <laughs> also. I meant to, I should have asked him. Uh, maybe maybe in the future I'll be able to get like a discount code or something. But as it stands, he's got some pretty good prices. If you live in the UK, it's probably a better deal than if you live anywhere else. Like I was looking at the prices compared in the States. Once you do all the conversion and all that, but you know, it's it's uh, pretty cool, and I like to see one of my friends with a new venture, so I thought I'd give him a shout. So, what is this show? Said Doc. Oh, this is a show about your video game friends, I guess, <laughs> or not? It's a movie review show. Show sure. a show. What's this show? It's just a discussion between you and I about the movie we just watched a few minutes ago. And uh, we just happen to record it and then let people listen to it. And the show it. is called? Oh, After the Show? After the Show. Right. Um, this is number 332. We've done 332 of these. Well, 331 plus this one that we're doing now. And the movie we're looking uh, at... Plus two others that we did and had to redo, if you recall. True. Yeah, our audacity crashed once <laughs> and we had to do it again. Um, so, yeah. We've done a few. So... It's Saturday, June the 21st. That is not true at this time of recording, but it will be when you're listening. No, it um, won't be. It will. They might listen next Thursday. True. So it doesn't matter what today is. It will is. be after Saturday, <laughs> June the 21st. It never matters what today is. So let me um, say the movie we're going to watch this week, or the movie we have already watched and we're about to review, is Winter's Tale. It's a 2014, 2004, 2014 movie. 2004 movie, just now, coming out on Blu-ray. Uh, released, it releases on Blu-ray on the 24th of June, so that is this coming Tuesday. You'll be able to pick it up. It's PG-13 from our friends at Warner. And Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of Winter's Tale. Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, good versus evil, and a dude sort of trapped in time because of his... The the philosophy of the story is every person has a purpose, and so he has to fulfill his purpose. That's really all it is. It is. Yeah. So, um, I'll, you can go first. What did you think of Winter's Tale? You always Tale? have me go first. No, I don't always. Almost always. Mm. You go first. All right. So, Winter's Tale. I didn't know much about this. Movie. I didn't. Even know, I didn't even know what we were watching till it came up on screen. I, I saw. Um. I didn't see the trailer, but I saw something, like a very short like TV clip or something, um, months and months and months ago. It came out on Valentine's Day uh, this year in theatres. So, you know, it's normal, isn't it, for it to come out in summer if they came out then. 
But um, I knew very little about it. All I knew was Russell Crowe was in it. And Colin Farrell. That's all I knew. And I, and it looked like a period piece from the thing that I saw. So I had no, you know, inkling of to what it was. Um, so let me, not heard let me book? ask you a question. I did not heard of the book. I had not heard of the me book. Either. Let me ask you a question about this movie. Do you think I liked it? Um... Is it definitive? Because I think you'd be mixed. No, do you think do you think I liked it overall? No. Uh, yes, I did like oh. it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Well, the reason I think ah. that no is because I think you're going to find lots of flaws visually, and that's distracting, but that you are such a sap. You're such a romantic and such a, like, you know, you're going to have a tendency not necessarily to believe in things, but... To be, like, hopeful that those things, that's a nice thought, you know? And I think that would really capture it. It made me feel good. Right. Which I like. So that's why I said it was both two things. Because you cannot say that you loved every single visual shot. No, no, and I... And often that distracts you a lot. But I kind of overlooked it a bit. There, there's some... There's some poor CG, let's say. Mm-hmm. But as far as the story goes... It was necessary to do that stuff, and I assume they had a, a smallish budget. I don't know. All the money went to Russell Crowe instead of, to, instead of to the horse. I think the, I the standard just wasn't high enough on some of the shots. But the actual story that it is based on the book and the story that came through for me watching the movie, I quite liked it. And I'm uh, an atheist. Are you? Agnostic slash atheist. Uh, you can only be one of those things. I'm, I'm in the middle of it. You can't be between atheists. I'd say I was more agnostic. Atheist says no. Yeah. Agnostic I'm, says maybe. I'm saying I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. That's so, agnostic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going but on. But I'm, I'm not a spiritual slash religious type person, right? And this movie obviously has a lot of overtones, I would say, well, not undertones. Yeah. It's it's clear that good and evil in 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 the form of a god and a devil exist. Right. But I, what I liked about it is, um, coming from a non-spiritual kind of angle at this movie, and being non-spiritual doesn't mean I can't enjoy a movie about spiritualism. No. In fact, I enjoyed The Last Temptation of Christ, in a way. I mean, not enjoyed it. Enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed it. But, you know what I'm saying? I can Do watch about... Do you think religious people would enjoy that movie? No. So, it Not enjoy, sense that but it, I can person... watch. What I mean is, I don't, I don't go, oh, well, I... I am not religious, therefore I do not want to ever watch movies or things that are... I'm not sure Passion of the Christ is the right example, because it's right. very anti... Let me say an upcoming movie that's coming soon, Darren Aronofsky's Noah, that we will be reviewing. Also not liked by Christians. Uh, but, but a story from the Bible. I, I don't have a, a qualm about watching a story from the Bible, because it's a story to me. And, exactly. And I, I, I might be entertained by it. I don't have to take it at, like, like this movie. It's got a lot of, you know, religious overtones. I wouldn't say they're undertones, because they're quite... It's not overtones. Over- it's just what it is. They're overtly there. Like there is Lucifer. That's not an overtone. That's what I mean. Well, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just playing off, like, it's not I mean, undertones. It it's right in your face. Yeah. Everything's in your face in this movie. Yeah. But then they don't... They don't talk about it as, like, angels. Well, they do a little mm-hmm. bit, angels, but they talk about the stars. So they kind of mix it a little bit, like, to say, you know, whatever you believe, there's a thing. Oh, I disagree. I think it's all about the Christianity. But. Sort of. Sort of. But yeah. it's not in your face mentioned that way. Um, they do say, like he says, you know, I've been around since before 
And then somebody else says, well, they can call it that. They call it that now or whatever. So, or that's the new name for Lucifer or whatever. So it's implied that all of that's been going on for all eternity. Or is that for all of everything? But for me, but for me, the actual story, and it is quite sappy and very romantic. And that's the idea of it mm-hmm. to be, it's a romantic movie. Um, it actually was nice. I liked it. Like, I, I felt, I liked Russell Crowe's performance as, um, this demonish type dude. I thought it was quite compelling and. I couldn't understand him most of the time. Yeah, I, I was alright with that, but he's too, and it's not his accent. Irish. He's, it's, I understand Irish people. He's, he's being Irish, but he mumbles really bad and I had a hard time with that. Um, I liked his, I liked his performance. I thought it was, um, compelling and, and quite, you know, for what it is, it's a PG-13 movie. Yeah, exactly. He was kind of menacing. Like, I felt menaced by him. Um, you know, and the actual love part, there was some surprises in here that I was like, holy shit, that just happened. Like, I was sat there, I didn't know that was about to happen, and it kind of caught me off guard. I was a bit like, uh, uh, what, this movie's, like, kind of surprising me. There's a few surprises. Um, there's a, you know, you know what it felt like? It felt like a Doctor Who episode. I could see this taking place, a Doctor Who episode being this. Um, and it, and it working, because this does involve a little bit of time travel. Um... But I could see... It felt a bit like a Doctor Who. It's not time travel. No, but in a, a... in a, It could be. Just it, to us. Yeah. It's just a person who's lived a long time. Yeah. But um, it came across like a Doctor Who episode. I don't know what... You know, a bigger Doctor Who I think who episode. partially because... This is... Do you think I liked it? Uh, no, I think you... Uh, what part... I did and didn't. So what part do you think I did like? I don't even, I don't know if you like sappy <laughs> romantic, um, stories. So I'd, I'd, I'd say you probably didn't like that, but I'd say you probably did like, um, the evil and the good thing, like. Yeah, I don't like sappy love stories. I mean, it depends. I really appreciated his, the, his portrayal of falling instantly in love with someone. Whereas normally I would be like, oh, that's a little quick, but I got it. I totally got it. And then his, the way he behaved and everything was, I thought it was really good instead of me going like, oh, that was a little quick. You know, I mean, I can't help it. I'm not a sappy, romantic person. I don't believe in anything. So it's really hard about the philosophy that everyone has a purpose. And I get it that people want that to be true. But it just isn't like... And that's what the the director said, that, that that's kind of... Even he does. So even he knows bit, that that's not true. It's a little heavy-handed, and it it panders to a mindset of, I can't cope with this life because death and because it's set in the like nineteen oh five, roughly nineteen fourteen, nineteen sixteen around there. So that there's con- consumption, so there's tuberculosis. It's kind of dirtier. It's kind of hard, life is harder, you know, in the city. It's in New York City. So the idea that people want to cope with life. I get it, but then I just think it's really heavy. It totally caters to someone who wants to just sit there and roll up their shoulders and be like, yes, all the dead people I've ever known are stars in the sky. It makes me so happy. But like, I I enjoyed it and didn't do that. <laughs> right, so. but I just felt like it was that was the objective. And so that's not playing to me. So yes, the idea that I don't know like all the myths about good and evil, right? But this kind of gives you a little hint of a few different ones. So 
Lucifer's trapped and he's got his minions and everybody. But the thing is, there's rules. It, that's what I actually liked. The hierarchy of, of evil. Why <laughs> is there a hierarchy in evil? For, for purposes we don't know, but I liked that. I liked that. But that's what made it PG-13, is right. that there's a hierarchy, there's rules, I can't go past this boundary, I can't just kill you because you're an angel, I can't just kill him. That doesn't make any sense when you're talking about hardcore good versus evil. So that kind of held me back a little bit. I'm like, I mean, he was pretty vicious. However, it was like that that thing of not committing fully to being like really, really... He was pretty vicious. He was vicious. And he said some vicious things. But then again, I didn't find him that menacing. Right. But, but um, I enjoyed the whole of it. Yeah, I did. I thought, it, I, I thought despite the bad CG, which I just overlooked. Some movies, I can't overlook it. This movie, I was like... I can see what they're going for. Yeah. And maybe that's as good as they could do with the money or whatever. I, I'm still... I, I think that you can do better than that with any amount I don't, of money, and that's an excuse. I'm convinced that they're flying over the city on a horse. I mean, it doesn't look great, but all I need to know is it's they're flying... It's almost like old-fashioned superman Yeah. All I need to know is they're flying over a city on the horse, and it's brief as well. There's, it doesn't go... You know, it's not reliant on special effects, this movie, really. And some of them are all right, actually. He just kind of comes and goes, yeah. Yeah, like... His face. Yeah. Russell Crowe, whenever he... Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, it was. In so fact, I love that you never, you know... No. Some of it is all right, but there, there's there's a horse in this movie, and it flies. Um, <laughs> and it, yeah, it looks... It reminds me of, like, an 80s movie, where it just looks kind yeah. of shoddy. What's uh, that album cover with the horse on it, with the wings? Yeah. That, the famous that, yeah. album cover. That looks better. I mean, I like the concept of it. I like the concept of. And this what the is another one too. Just as I'm watching it, I didn't know anything about it, but I hundred percent felt this is a book that I didn't read that is beloved by people, and it's not filling in all everything that could be filled in here. I'm just getting the surface of this story, and it's very novelly. Well, you did say it's a thousand-page book, right, which is. I don't, a- but I didn't know that till afterwards. As I'm watching it, if I'm feeling that. There are parts being left out that the reader already understands and are filling in right at this very minute. They totally understand that reference. They understand why that looks the way it looks. I have no idea. It just is what it is. So I felt it. And then when they said it was a novel, I was like, yep. I mean, you can just tell. But I I actually, uh, afterwards when they were talking about it, they said it's a thousand page book with so many layers of detail. And for the screenplay, they decided to just encapsulate one portion of the book, which was the love story. And I feel like it's really obvious. Yeah. Well, I don't mind that because I think they did encapsulate this this love story part um, quite mm-hmm. well. And also the... I don't know that because I haven't read the book, but... The actual shift... This takes place over a, a whole de- decade? No, not decade. Century. A whole century. Yeah. And um, the portions in the... Newer, like to, nearer to us, actually, in our year, 2014. Yep. Um, they were quite, I thought I was quite emotional, that, that section of the movie. Like, I actually. I found it way less emotional. No, I, I don't mean the kid. I mean, there was one moment where I thought it was really emotional, and I don't really want to spoil it, but he meets somebody. Spoiler. <laughs> he meets somebody in a. Yeah, yeah. In a, and. Yep. And I, I was like, wow, that's kind of. I actually can feel the emotion from the scene. And I um, was like, she can't be that old. <laughs> no, but I, I thought it was really well done. Like, it was, it was, 
I don't know. I don't. I didn't think feel like it was heavy handed. I thought that I didn't. Oh, no, it was good, I didn't yeah. expect that, and I was like, oh wow, Ooh. you know, anything can happen in an hour. Like, because yeah, we're dealing with. I mean, you've already seen demons and the devil and horses fly, and then you see an old lady, and you're like, oh, anything can happen. Yeah. <laughs> I can get emotional. Anything is possible. But I, you know. It was sentimental, and I think that's part of my thing. I'm sentimental, but I'm pretty, very specifically sentimental. So I feel like it's been kind of shoved down my throat. This is sentimental in the way the movie Titanic is. And I'm not talking about True. the disaster. Like, yeah. you can say Titanic's about this real thing and then there's this love story in the centre of it that is fictional that you just, um, you're taking on the ride with that. And it's really, really smushy, like, and you feel like you're being manipulated by it and your emotions are, this is how this feels. I'm Absolutely. Not, I'm not saying in a bad way, because a lot of people do like a romantic... It's a fully escapism kind of movie. And yeah. what I also like about it is it mixes... The grounding of reality. It's it's set with a little bit hyper realistic, especially like when they're getting on the boat in the eighteen fifties yeah. or sixties or whatever year it was, eighteen ninety six or something like that. So it's and it's based in real life. That's you know this period piece. The ship is there, the costumes are there, but everything's just tweaked a little bit. So it's a little bit too perfect for a time piece, you know. But going from then till now. It was almost seamless, which yeah. I thought was really, and not and like, oh, whoa, whoa, why are we going back and forth? Because he's the link between, you know, then and now. And it's it's um one one thing I thought was good with the screenplay was it doesn't get confusing. They actually told the story quite well. I don't I don't feel often with stories like this, and especially when it's based on a book, and you maybe not privy to the book fully. Um. Sometimes the plot can get convoluted and messed up, and you're kind of like, well, "What's this? And why are we here?" And this was very clear the entire time. I thought that was well wrote, wrote screen, screenplay in that. Mm-hmm. Like you never thought, uh, "Where are we now? Why are we doing this? What what's going?" Somebody on? probably does. Not for <laughs> me. Not I, I thought it was very yeah. well put together in that way because I have seen movies where I am kind of baffled, like like I don't get what. And then, you know, sometimes you might think, like you've said about The Hunger Games, mm-hmm. The Hunger Games is pretty straightforward to watch as what they've put on the screen. I mean, it's obvious what's going on, but there is detail. But it's like a shell of what it could be because you can tell it's a shell of a story. It's not the book. Because, because you've read the book, so you fill it all in. I watch the movie and I feel like it's a thin sort of eggshell around something that I don't have access the to. The thing is, though, I don't think I'd want to read this book. Because it's so. a thousand-page book, which is an extra long book. Unless the book could be a ama- this book could be amazing, as though I mean, it really could be the good versus evil bit could yeah. be really elaborate. Maybe more history about things, more with the discussion of the God and the Lucifer. All that stuff would be really. The book could take place over eons instead of just a century. Like I mean, it could be true. You know, from the the dawn of bad versus evil and like the whole thing, right? Um, so let's move on to the cast here. Colin Farrell is the star of this movie, really, pretty much. Peter Lake. Um, you don't really see him a lot in stuff, do you? Like, I don't feel like we're saturated by him. Like, mm-hmm. like it, there was a time when SWAT came out, remember? And what else was he in? Phone Booth. Well, you did start to see him, but then he kind of disappeared into the background a bit. We've done a couple others since then. Yeah, I don't like feel like we're bombarded Kirstie by Kirstie Alley or whatever the hell. Not Kirstie Alley. 
princess, oh, what was her name? <laughs> Love Actually, Pirates. <laughs> Him and her were in it. Oh, Kara Knightley. Yes. I don't remember. Yeah, he, they took her. He took her to a house. It was kind of. She was like a stressed out actress, being like harassed. Oh yeah, that that British film. Yep. Yeah, that was, was actually quite kind of cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't feel like we see him a lot, so I I like watching him. I think he's pretty good. You know, he's it's it's funny, really. Like I've never seen like a performance from him that's like mind blowing, though. I, I can't think of any. They're always just all right, like you know. He's, he's also in horrible bosses. Remember? Yeah, he was pretty funny in that actually. With that, <laughs> with that coma. He wasn't that funny, but it was a funny character. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he did well here, you know. And he's supposed to be like the heartthrobby um, middle-aged man. Heartthrobby. <laughs> 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 with his mop top. Falling in love with a girl who's about well, she's twenty, I guess. So. How old is he though? How old is he supposed to be in this movie? Um, well, he was born, it, well, when they put him in the water, it was 1896. Yeah. And then we, we come across him again, it is 1916. So he's supposed to be 20? Yeah, he's more, but he's really 40 in real life, right? He's old as us, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, that that was one <laughs> thing where I was like... I'm like, I kept thinking, are they airbrushing him? Because he looks pretty good. Pretty smooth. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think he did a reasonable job. Um, the romantic scenes, I felt like he was in, really into them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really like, he's it. taking it seriously. And then Jessica Brown Finlay plays Beverly Penn, who's his uh, female... Um, One of his females. Suitor. <laughs> and she's from she's from Downton Abbey, if you watch the BBC show Downton Abbey. Um, so she's used to playing these period things. I think she did well. I don't know who she is. Um, we don't watch that show. It was another one of my things. She's a little too ethereal for me. She's... It just plays more into that fantasy world of what people like and less into... She's very Rose from Titanic. Oh, no. Not even not that at all. She's way more ethereal than Rose. Rose is kind of hard-edged. This girl's like... Ah, all the time. Mm. I'm beautiful and perfect and... But I'm dying of some horrible disease. <laughs> she doesn't sing, by the way. No, it's just the it's the air of her that... It's, again, it's a little, like she's in the long, flowing white dress, and her hair is long and red and flowing, and, I don't know, I have a hard time, I like, I don't know. It just it's the like, 1920s, everybody wears um, red hair, and, uh, I mean, the, the 10s, everybody wears red hair <laughs> and uh, flowing dresses, <laughs> and has TB. What, what the hell? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Russell Crowe plays the bad guy here, Pearly Soames. I liked him. Like you say, he does mumble a little bit because he's putting on this really heavy accent. But there were moments where I was like, that ain't Russell Crowe anymore. That's it's true. like being this bizarre they mean that caricature <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, Head yeah. incident. Yeah, just... Actually, the mo- one of the moments where he meets... I haven't put him down, but Will Smith is in this movie. As, true. As Lucifer. And the... Spoiler. <laughs> the conversation between Will Smith, who's his boss, mm-hmm. and him. I really... I re- I thought Russell Crowe was being like... It was not being Russell Crowe anymore. It, it melted away for me completely. Why is Lucifer in New York City? He likes uh, the Pizza Hut and the... He can't go to Pizza Hut. He's no, he, he sends people. in the ground. sends people for it. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> he likes the New York That's why slice. I'm missing the book. There's no explanation for things that and I... why is he Will Smith? He could be anybody. 
Why wouldn't you be Will Smith? And why does he only have one light bulb that he pulls the string on? Like, think, that like... sounds very <laughs> literary to me. Yeah. And as Lucifer reached for the single chain dangling from the bulb in the bottom of the sewer, the light came on and reflected off of what's-his-face's face. Exactly. Because he's darkness and everything else is all about light. And he doesn't really want to sit in the light because he's the demon. He's reading in the dark when we meet him. That's a pretty good trick. But I thought Russell Crowe did a good job. And it's... Uh, it's... He's, he's mean, like, he's evil. Not enough. No, but, but simply because... <laughs> I mean, because... true, menacing, horrible, not a guy, a guy with a bunch of thugs, and not a guy who's like, yeah, he'll shoot you on the point blank, but that's not really menacing. That's I like the evilness of he's it. He's not Al Pacino in that devil movie. See, that was evil, because he was, like, you know, plotting and planning against everyone, and, like really sneaky and this guy's very overt obviously just beat the shit out of people or shoot him yeah he's a gangster really he is a gangster of the time and then now he's become what just a like a businessman like a really sleazy businessman but I like how his table is just covered with money in every century yeah and pile of money he doesn't give a shit about the money (laughs) like that's just the thing I don't he don't care he just I wanna one thing I like they said was well the idea of him is I don't want anybody to give anybody any pleasure or comfort or joy. You know, there needs to be pain. It just hurts him, yeah. I want there to be pain. Like when he's looking down all these little criminals and the little boy hands the little girl an apple because they're like little thieves in his little group of minions, right? And they're like training them up to be thieves. The little boy hands the little girl an apple and he goes, not that one. (laughs) Like get rid of the one who's giving her the apple. Yeah. Cut his head off or whatever he does. But you don't get to see the kid. Get drunk. And he does mention it to Lucifer about, like, the, just, he hates how they've got, the humans have got, like, the hope. And he just. Yeah, it bothers. It's like a disease. It, like, yeah. So, yeah, I, I like the idea of it, and I like Russell Crowe. Uh, William Hurt is in here as Isaac Penn. Really good. Yeah. Like, he's not in it much, but obviously the scenes where he is in it, they're Impactful. pretty powerful. Like, and he, he act up against Colin Farrell, like, uh, you know, it's. Because he's the father of... Uh, Up against Colin Farrell. It should be the other way around. Colin Farrell should be shaking in his boots about something I mean, who's been around that's 20 what I mean. years older than him. Yeah, I'm kind of meaning the other way around. Because he's a... Res- William, obviously, respected yeah. actor. But, um, yeah, he's the father and he's, you know, the protective father because his daughter's dying and he wants to keep her alive as long as possible. thought it was really good. Jennifer Connelly, she plays a part in the later part of the movie as Virginia Gamely. She kind of just... Uh, She's a very non, non, um, interactive, often, not just in this one, but she's sort of like, she gives it the look of like, what? Like bewilderment a lot, and like, she kind of cocks her head back and just sort of, I don't know how to describe it, but she's very, I don't know. There's not a ton There's not much of a character there. No, not for this movie. She's just a sad little young mother. Yeah. And uh, Eva Marie Saint plays adult Willa. And, um, Did you see how old she is? Yeah, she was uh, 93. Right. But she's from a North by Northwest Alfred Hitchcock's movie from back in the 50s. She, and she was things. the star Lut, or whatever they call it back mm-hmm. then. But yeah, she's... And it's in this movie... Do you realize that was six, 50 years ago? I know. And in this movie, they needed an older actress for, to make sense in this part. And, she... and it still doesn't make sense because she's not 110 years old. No, but I, it, it it works for as it... I it mean, doesn't. It's as good as it can It doesn't, be. obviously. I wouldn't have been thinking of it. I was like, what? what? Why is she old and he's not? 
but she's not old enough to be dead, and oh, I don't get it. <laughs> I need uh, the timeline to be a little, a little different, but whatever. yeah, you'd have to shift the timeline rather Just a than shift bit. the get a hundred and eight year old actress. <laughs> I don't think there are many of those. <laughs> She's as close as you're going to get. So this is directed by Akiva Goldsman. And he actually um, is famous for uh, the TV show Fringe. He directed a bunch of that. But what he's most famous for is he wrote A Beautiful Mind, which also starred Russell Crowe. And, and Jennifer Conley. And he also wrote the screenplay for I, Robot with Will Smith. So those choices. Like you said, he called in a lot of favorites for this. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Um, And Beautiful Mind is a fantastic movie. I don't care what anybody says. It's it's just a really and Jennifer Connelly's in that one too, isn't she? I just I just said it. Yeah, I know. I just said it. But um, yeah, in fact, this is a re. uh, re I liked iRobot a lot. I I also iRobot's obviously a a a novel, Mm -hmm. William Gibson novel. But uh, can this guy not come up with his own original thoughts? Well, screenplays. (laughs) He he rewrites. Yeah, he writes other people's ideas. And I'm not saying it's not a creative Beautiful process. Line. But that's based on a true story. Truish story. True, but the screenplay A book is, yeah. written by someone about a true, uh, quote-unquote, true thing. I'm just so, saying. Use your imagination. I think he did a good job, though. Aside from the CG stuff, I think it looked the part, and it was a quite a low-budget movie as far as this kind of movie goes. I looked on the... It was... It's not a massive... It doesn't know, matter. No, I think he did good. I think he did well with the small budget that they had for this movie. Because I don't think it looked... I think the period parts look fine. I don't think it looks out of place. No, just a little Hollywoody. Like, it's shined up a lot for yeah. the movie. It looks a bit like... I mean, the city would have been Sherlock a lot Holmes grungier. Like yeah, exactly. All kind of perfect and shiny. There are some uh, extras, not very many, um, actually. There is Winter's Tale, A Timeless Love, and that's just like a behind-the-scenes thing. Lasts about 15 minutes. And there's Characters of Good and Evil, which is another behind-the-scenes thing. And then there's some, what were they called? Not extended scenes, additional, additional scenes. Additional scenes, yeah. And we watched all of those, and uh, I'm trying to think of any of them add to the fleshing out of the thing, but they don't really, do they? Hmm. Um... Yeah, so, yeah, I was thinking about it. Is that a bad thing, that there wasn't that much of a making of or anything? Not in this case, I don't think it was a bad thing. I think that's kind of enough stuff on there. And, you know, it wasn't like people didn't exist. Russell Crowe's actually speaking about it, and so is Jennifer Collins. Yeah, they all are. Sometimes in these kind of movies, somebody else has moved on and they don't speak. So, But everybody was speaking, so. Um, So that's Winter's Tale, um, or Winter's Tale. Would you recommend it? Um, to certain people. You I think know? some people would love it. Absolutely. Like, love, love it. Absolutely. It is a very whisk-me-away kind of, and confirms fictionally a lot of, like, yes, yes, you know, my grandpa is a star in the sky. I am. My grandpa's dead as well, and I loved him more than, I've probably loved anyone ever, men in my life, ever. No offense, but it's true. I don't think he's a star in the sky, and I don't think he's an angel, and I don't think he's in any heaven. He was wonderful while he was here, and then he's gone. And so anything that tries to, like, I don't know. I, Human, I don't mind comfort. Humans need that, don't they? And so, like, not all, obviously, but the I mean, majority. I mean, I need comfort, too, in some, some ways. If I look at pictures of a person that I've missed, that I'm missing, that's my comfort, because that's real. They were here. I could touch them. It was wonderful while it lasted, and now it's over. So how about We Die, right? Together? 
Yeah. Or, you know, apart. I die. Or I die. And then we we die, right? <laughs> right. And then you were completely wrong. You stood at the... Everybody's allowed in, though. It's heaven, right? We're all allowed oh, in. Oh, this is a twist on the... If you no. believe it or not. No, that's that's the thing. They, everybody's welcome. And you... Uh, and you go, how would you feel about being in a heaven? I don't want to give a shit. I don't <laughs> care. I don't believe it exists. So I don't understand why this isn't enough. Now, I haven't had you a You have horrible... a picture of heaven in your mind. I've had one in my mind since I was a little kid. Because I, I, I was brought up a Catholic, believe it or not. And that kind of put me off the whole thing. <laughs> right, so... To I, be honest, I, I have a picture a of... of heaven in my mind. What is it? What is it? It's, it's exactly what you would think. There's, there's a fence... Fence. A gate, actually. It's like a really grand... A fence is so much different than a gate. A fence to me is like what we have on our yard. Yeah, no, that jangling fence. <laughs> like a shitty broken down fence around heaven. It's in the clouds. There's clouds everywhere. There's a gate, like a big gate. And there's a line of people. Not many people. If it was real, they'd be This is like from American Dad. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> it's probably... Uh, I've had it since I was a kid. Like It's just how I picture it. Uh, and I know I know it's probably not true, but oh, probably. And there's a man, and he's got a clipboard, but he's a <laughs> but he's wearing white robes. He's not got wings. He's he's got long hair and a beard, so I'd, he could be anybody, like Georgie Best from a footballer. Uh, yeah, and you have to he lets you in, like you go in. Why is he even gate. at the gate then? He just Why is wel- there a gate? He welcomes you. Why is there a gate? Go through the gate, and then it's just loads of clouds, and there's people riding on clouds, in my mind. <laughs> like Monkey. Remember that martial arts show called Monkey from no. the 80s, 70s? Yeah, well, he, he rode a cloud. That was his main form of transport. So there's people riding clouds. So Monkey's in there somehow. And um, So you don't think this was a divine vision that's been given to you? This is more like a compilation. It's like a pop culture version <laughs> of, of heaven. <laughs> And uh, monkey's there. Monkey's definitely there. My grandma is there. I can see my grandma there. Cooking, drinking, or smoking? <laughs> um, she's stood in a line. Everybody's stood in a line, even when they're oh, in there. Oh, this heaven sounds great. You're yeah. just standing in a fucking line, or you're <laughs> yeah. floating around on a cloud all the time. Yeah, you can do either of those things. <laughs> Over here. Other people. So that's your hell, really. You can be in heaven, but... You have to we're going to stand line. in line forever. Or, if you were good, you get to float around on a cloud and mock all the people who are in line. A monkey as well. <laughs> you get to see monkey on his Anything cloud. Anything else to this heaven? That's about it, really. Elvis is always there in my picture of it, too. Not when you were a child. Yeah, Elvis. In that white Elvis, Elvis gets up. dead. No, he's just there. Like Elvis. Like, performing. We need... Salvador Dali and Frida to come together and paint this for you. <laughs> I know they're dead, but if they're in heaven, they, they need can to be painting this picture. <laughs> that right. would be the most awesome. <laughs> Frida Kahlo and uh, and Salvador Dali painting your vision. And Rolf Harris. So there's no death or or fighting or just cloud riding, <laughs> lining up for things. <laughs> oh, there's all different things. I thought it was just no. A, I don't know what they're lining up for. They're just line. in lines. Waiting, waiting for something. Probably waiting for, like, people they know to turn up. Like a heaven license? Here's your license. <laughs> no, I think they're waiting for the people they know to turn up, maybe. One thing's missing from your heaven that if I had to envision a heaven would be everywhere would be food. No, Why there's none no of that. Food? Nobody eats or anything. There's nothing. It's just nothing. <gasps> Why is this a good place to go? Because there's clouds and monkey riding and stuff. <laughs> I don't... 
I don't know. It's just my my picture of it. Anyway, I don't. Topic. I don't have an actual. I'm trying to summon up anything that I've ever thought about heaven, and it's just that anything that I've seen depicted in a cartoon or. You know, even heaven can wait is with the fog machine blowing fog around their feet or, you know. um, And the idea that everybody's heaven is their own particular design, so it could be anything at all. But no, I don't have one because I've never believed, truly believed that it existed. Me me neither, but I still have a vision of it. And as a kid, I went to Sunday school, like, or Bible school, one year, I think, maybe twice. Went to Sunday school a couple times with my cousins. And I can actually remember feeling like, because it was constant, we had to memorize, we were supposed to memorize these Bible verses and stuff, you know, and you know me, I don't like to be told what to do anyway. So I was just like, and then, I don't know, I felt like, why does every picture I'm drawing have to be Jesus? Like, I don't want to draw a picture of Jesus. I want to draw whatever I want, because I don't even know about this guy. I don't care about this person. I just don't get it. I just, I was not into it. Even if I sat in church and listened all I could think was, like, not that it was boring, but I was living a real life, you know. In real life, you have parents who, well, I, my life, parents who fight, siblings who can get into trouble. You've got the good side, which is I was fairly spoiled. You know, there was life to be lived. And all of this shit was like watching Sesame Street. It was all not real. Nothing you're telling me is real. The Noah you're telling me about is in a little kid book with cartoon drawings, just like the Rudolph the Red Nose book that I had. Mm. They're the same to me. So I think I always just had this sort of distance from it. And it was just in my mind. I had no reason not to accept it or anything. Because my we're a pretty neutral, religious neutral family. Except that there's a God. Of course there's a God. You know what I mean? Like, that's just all there was to it. But I just never, ever... But I can envision a hell. Yeah, my... Like, the sort of fictional hell. My hell is pretty hell. much the same thing. There's fire. There's there's a, a devil that's just that average... It's the Manchester United logo. That is there. <laughs> and... <What? laughs> Manchester United. Why is Manchester United in hell? Because they have a devil on their uh, flag. On their... They're called the Red Devils. See, so you think the whole team, uh, every He's member of the team is down there standing in line? Does anyone have to stand in line in hell? No, there's <gasps> nobody stood in line. They're all burning. Like painfully burning or yeah. just like a whatever no, painfully burning? <laughs> yeah, I've been it's on fire ash. for a thousand years. Yeah. They're screaming? There's not many people because they're mostly burned. Oh, so you just burn up and you're done? Yeah. Well, that's not eternal pain or anything. No, you're just all dead and burned. Would, okay, here's the question. Would you rather burn for a little while and be... Or dis- wait in a line. <laughs> no, if you wait in the line, there is... Uh, I'd say waiting in the line is better because there's a hope that you could do the flying cloud. It's like waiting in a theme no, park. No, that's a trick, though, because you never <laughs> get to do the flying cloud. That's the twist. But it's like you're waiting in a theme but park. if you're burning, you're just going to burn and you'll be done. No, I'd, 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 in I'd, fact... The chance of the flying cloud is enough for me to wait in the line. But that is a lie. It's a lie. Cake is a if lie. If you burn in hell, then do you then go to heaven? I don't know. If you've been able to tor- put give up, put up with the torture of the fire, and then you burn to ash, then do you get to go If to you want the answers to this, you need to ask Will Smith. He knows. <laughs> Those diamond earrings he has in? Hi. They know. So, uh, that's, a, that's Winter's Tale. Uh, I recommend it for a certain subset of people. If you're into sappy romantic it's stuff. It's a lot of people, to be honest. It's probably more than I think. But, um... I had fun. I cried. It. I can't say I didn't cry. You cried. cried. I, I had cried. You cry. Yep, I cried because there were moments of pure 
tapping into a sense of loss that yep. you, that's just a real thing. And that's where mine stops. I don't have a like, oh. So it wasn't, definitely. it was, it definitely. No, I enjoyed it overall. Yeah, I a- just feel like I was a little bit preached to about it all. And it seemed a bit not hard edge enough for me. So thanks to Warner Brothers for the Blu-ray. I want to remind you that you can go and enter a contest on our website. We've actually got two copies of Nonstop with Liam Neeson. It's a movie we reviewed two weeks ago. We've got two Blu-rays to give away. So, uh. Enter, and you might be able to win one of those. Next week's Blu-ray review will be the sequel to 300, 300 Rise of an Empire. We're actually going to watch both. So we're, uh, because it's been a long time since we watched 300. And I think it'd be cool to watch them both back to back. Do you think in heaven you can enter a contest and it'd be like, you get to either stand in line or ride the clown? (laughs) Probably. Enter the contest today! So, um, yeah, 300 Rise of an Empire will be next week's Blu-ray review. Movie recommendations, me, based on this movie, and ones that made me feel kind of like this movie, the way this movie made me feel. My first one is Cloud Atlas from the Wachowski Brothers. I um, see that. Yeah, it has that. And I had the exact same feeling about Cloud Atlas. I liked Cloud Atlas a lot more than this movie. I like the experience of it more, but the theory of it... It's a very ethereal it, movie, uh, Cloud Atlas, also. It's a little bit, you have to think about what the hell is really going on. And I really liked it. I thought it was a real, it's the kind of movie, Cloud Atlas. It's a bit bananas. A little bit. And it's the kind of movie I'm surprised any movie studio actually made. Like, it's the kind of movie, if you read that on a page, you'd be like, what? what what's going on here? Like, this is spanning all these Remember people. when we made Battlefield Earth? Yeah. Remember that one? No. We're not doing that. We're not doing anything like that. I think that. it was a bit of, these are the guys who made The Matrix. This is going to be awesome, so... And it didn't yeah. didn't do particularly well, um, Cloud Atlas. But I think it was a brave movie. It, there's a lot to it. It's very deep. And uh, it's exactly what I expected. Concept, from. same, all connected. True. Everyone is connected through all time. And my other one that goes along with it is City of Angels, which is a movie from the 90s mm-hmm. uh, with Meg Ryan. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Crazy Cage. Cage. And, you know, again, I don't have those beliefs. And City of Angels is very kind of preachy movie. But I just liked the, the idea of it in modern times. And I liked how that worked. And it it's actually truly sad, that movie. Like, I actually felt sad watching it. And that's why... And I think Nicolas Cage gives a really good performance in it. I know people think Nicolas Cage is mental. And, like, he, I think he does a good job in some movies. Only some movies, not Ghost Rider. It doesn't mean he's not mental. Sometimes. He, I see a picture of him the other day, just walking around in public, wearing a t-shirt with a picture of himself on it. So, maybe a little bit mental? I don't know. Nah, you'd be like, fuck everybody. (laughs) You're gonna think I'm crazy? Here you go. Why not wear a t-shirt with yourself on it? I don't know. It just seems a bit egocentric. And I believe he's got a massive ego. That is part of him. Don't you think there's a bit of cheek there? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, he's a real psycho. I like him a lot. I'd wear a shirt with my own face on it. I'm not Nicholas Cage. I don't think I would. I would. Especially like, if I drew it or painted it. So your recommendations are? My recommendations are very hard edge, of course. Very dark. Very dark. Narnia movies. <laughs> this is... What I took away from it is movies that... Well, Narnia isn't so much. Because Narnia is pure fantasy. And the Narnia movies I can completely get consumed in. Because it's all fantasy. I get it. There may be allegorical relations there going on with the writing and Bible stories. I don't know because I don't identify them. 
So it doesn't bother me. Or it does, I don't think about it. It doesn't bother me if they're there anyway, but I'm just saying, I just want to go with it. And it's a pure fantasy. And I enjoy them. I've enjoyed them all. And then my other ones are because they're kind of mixing real, real life with this sort of questionable fantasy world that may or may not exist in whatever. And that is where the wild things are. True. And Bridge to Terabithia, which I've recommended before. But it's the same thing. It's a real life story. Real boy, real people, no magic or anything. And yet, all of a sudden, there are these... Oh, there was another one, too, I was thinking of. Golden Compass. No, um, oh my god, and then, uh, well, those are the two, no, 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 where, um, to go in the woods, and there's, like, a dude living in a house. Spider all... Chronicles. Nope. This is a one-shot thing. I'll look it up later, but, A one-shot I mean, thing? A one, it wasn't a series or anything. It's, like, they go in the woods, and that there's a guy, there's a photographer involved or something, they go to a house, they're investigating something, and there's a guy who lives in the forest in like this glass house or a house made out of glass bottles or something. I think it was William, uh, William Hurt. Not John Hurt, but. Wasn't that that Spiderwick one? Mm-mm. I'll have to look it up, but. I don't think so. All right. No, it was not, but I know that one was another one yeah. where you're mixing. That was just a one off one. Yeah, you're mixing the very grounded in reality, sort of like la di da family friendly kind of thing and then there is there are these hints of and Fantasy. hidden magic and then at some point you are questioning whether that's real if it's a coping mechanism if it's the wish of the character and i like that where the wild things are is the ultimate version of that the coping yes thing. Yeah. yeah oh that's yeah a child is going through something. and bridge to with you yeah totally yeah so oh, God, um, that's our recommendations for this week Games and Ace Scully stuff. I've been playing Watch Dogs. I've spoke about it three times now. It's um, That's enough. I think I'm like 60% complete, and I just keep going. Uh, and I wanted to also mention um, two mo- two TV series uh, had their finales this week. One was Game of Thrones on Sunday. Aww. And the other one was Fargo yesterday. Um, what did you think of both of those finales, without any spoilers? Fargo, perfect. Yeah, Fargo's like... For me. Perfect for me. Yeah. And and you have to remember, I'm a dark person, so you never know what that means. And Game of Thrones, that was the final, final episode? Or are we going to get the rest of the season? No, it's the, no, that's the final of this season. To be honest, even though elements of it were satisfying overall, I didn't feel a full, like, it was, you know? I thought it was... There are a couple of things that happen that you're like, holy crap. I thought, like, the... Last week's episode, the big action pack one, and this one, they kind of felt like the final episode combined to But me. still nothing came of it. Well, there were some things that came of it. Not really. No resolution of any kind. It's not like the Red Wedding where you're like, whoa, that is the end of an era. That is like actually transformative for this world and for this for what's happening. There was in this stuff world. in this season spread out though that was kind of big deal, like a lot. Like Well the that's a big deal. And That's Miss, a really Mr. Joffrey. True. You know, there was it, they kind of spread it out in this one. Like, there were some big things that happened, but they didn't kind of wait for the end. They just, almost every week, something oh, yeah. interesting happened. I, I thought Game of Thrones was awesome this year. I can't wait for another year of it. It's like, um, it's it started off, like, I didn't love it I feel immediately. like it could be the end of it as well. 
even though it didn't resolve a lot of things to my satisfaction or or wrap up anything or even give you a hint of the direction. Because, like, Red Wedding, you kind of know now what's... Oh, shit, that's... we. You can understand politically what's going to happen, roughly. This is more like... I don't know. It's... It's a bit of a cliffhanger, I suppose, and that's reasonable, but... You know, and, and they did... But I loved it, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I was completely engulfed in it, because her putting the... That was really, you know, an interesting thing, and the obvious, you know... One, one thing I really liked was Cersei and Golden Hand. That was an interesting little moment. I think my... Uh, I, I really liked her... Is she called Aya? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Her story's really... Yeah. Her story, to me... I think she might be, like, the most pivotal thing in the Some whole thing. Some people... Yeah, exactly. Some people think it's Jon Snow. Yeah. Jon Snow. No, I think it's... But the, it's... Uh, she is threaded through there just... Well, the Stark children in general. But she seems to be the one that's just sort of... And the scene with her on the boat, on the ship... Mm-hmm. It reminded me of Legend of Zelda. <laughs> like, you know where she's like... Remind me of the end of... You know where she's holding and just looking. For some sad reason. Mm-hmm. It just reminded me of Legend of Zelda and the music and everything. I was like, wow, that's like some awesome Legend of Zelda thing. Like what I picture Legend of Zelda's world looking like, you know, if it was real. So, yeah, that that was fun. And Fargo, it, it was fantastic. Billy Bob Thornton, if that's not om- nominated for something, Emmys or whatever, that <laughs> show. And I don't hear anybody talking about Fargo, the show. Apparently it was getting reasonable amount of viewers. But I don't hear people saying, oh, how awesome is it? I don't hear anything about it. And I'm surprised because it is abs- it's one of the most quality things I've ever seen on television. Along with True Detective of that kind of show. I have been blown away by those two shows. Um, Fargo was just... I was on the edge of my seat every single week. Yep. Like, it was always surprising and it was always funny, but darkly funny. Like, I thought it was really awesome. Like... They are probably going to make a new season of it, even though they weren't going to. And I don't feel like that's a bad idea, because it was good. Yeah, but sometimes you just have to accept things for what they are, and take what you get, and be very happy that that was the the quality and the experience you had with it. D- Anytime you start adding to that, all you're doing is moving yourself further away from that original experience, which lessens it, no matter what anybody says, and the potential... To, like, kind of soil that. And then all you're left with is, oh, that third season, like True Blood, that seventh season. I think it would be odd to talk. You forget how great of an experience that first year was, how fun it was, and how weird it was. And then now you're, like, worn down by it. I feel it would be odd to top that season of Fargo. Exactly. Because it was cast so well, the whole thing. Why not just come up with a whole new concept and make another really fantastic show? I also think it would be very hard to top. True Detective's first season oh, because yeah. of McConaughey. Why would you want to top it, though? I mean, they're making a new one, a new season of it, which is a brand new story. But I feel like the impact of that for, you know, Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey's, the chemistry between those two guys and those characters, that Rustin, mm-hmm. um, I think it's one of my favorite characters on TV. What he was saying, I was like, holy shit, it's just, it's like things that I'm thinking of coming out of his head, like, there aren't many characters like that on TV that I can think of. Ones that question things and, you know, I, I loved that. And obviously it's going to be a different thing, this new one. But the memory of that is an amazing show. So, th- yeah, it feels what's coming up, new TV shows. True Blood is coming up this Sunday, the, fin- the end- last season. 
and uh, a new HBO show. I think it's called The Happening, which starts in the end of June. I'm interested in anything that HBO does. I'm always interested in it. Uh, not everything, because we haven't watched Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I might love Boardwalk Empire because it's about the prohibition thing and all. Well, and Steve Buscemi's in it, who I love. It's kind of like an old. Yeah, when you say Steve Buscemi, all I ever think of is Monsters Inc. <laughs> His and little, you know what I think? His of? little snake character, whatever he is, a lizard. I always think of um, Ghost World. How about Fargo? It's Ghost World that comes to my mind. <laughs> right. You know when he's in his little and he's playing. But we were just talking about Fargo for like ten minutes, and doesn't even occur to you that he was the dude. Totally in Fargo. In Fargo. Yeah. So um, that's my stuff for this week. Uh, Sid talk. What is for dinner tonight? It's going to be kind of veg fest. So we're having well rice. Almond flavored or something rice and some slivery green beans and some stewed tomatoes. And then if you need something else like a veggie burger, I'll throw that in the oven. You need some protein. I need to go get something for dessert though. I'm really craving chocolate because I felt kind of like lots of pain the last couple of days. And I think that for some reason, my grandpa's theory was, now Hale said, you know, when you're craving something, that means your body probably needs it. And I'm like, uh, and, I would, and I said to him, that my body needs a lot of sh- uh, milkshakes, Grandpa. <laughs> a lot of ice cream. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that's all I'm ever craving is chocolate and milkshakes and salty potato chips and dip. Hmm, I must be really short on fat and salt. But that was his theory. And so today I'm going to go with it. Because I'm really I craving some dark chocolate or chocolate pie or chocolate cake or chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. How about you? Chocolate pie. Vegetables are great. And then there has to be chocolate. <laughs> what sounds really good to me is chocolate ice cream. Alright. I don't know what type, but that does sound good. Just plain old chocolate ice cream with nothing in it. Yeah. Maybe chunks of something. Caramel <laughs> things or something. Oh, my. Okay, caramel. You just tapped <laughs> into the other vein of my dessert blood. Yes. Uh, Alright then. So, what is your advice for this week? What does it say? Take more pictures. Now, I realize people get a little bit saturated with like, oh, you just took a picture of your dinner and you took a picture of your head and you took a picture of your foot and you took a picture of yourself in front of everything. I don't really count it that much, but, um, you know, just life happenings. Whereas in the past, you wouldn't have seen somebody sitting down to a restaurant dinner and taking a picture of their food. You just wouldn't have seen it. I say take more pictures. You don't have to share them with everyone. What I just discovered today was I went downstairs to the garage Instead of sitting around and being all whiny about my foot hurting. And I was like, I'm just going to do accomplish something. I have a family reunion coming up this weekend. So I'm going to find more pictures that I maybe have never scanned. What did you accomplish just finding the pictures? No, no. I clean. Oh. What do you mean? That's irrelevant. What I'm talking about is I found pictures. No, that was just a question I had on my mind. Right. Sorting through pictures and finding them to take to the reunion. And I threw away a bunch of stuff. Don't interrupt. <laughs> my throat full. My throat of thought. Um... But looking through the pictures of pictures I haven't looked at for years, and there was an album in there I, I didn't even realize I had that was my grandma's album, and of some pictures she'd stuck in, well, it was a journal, and she'd stuck some pictures in there, things I hadn't seen either for a long time, or things that reminded me of a moment in time, and I feel it. When I see the picture, I feel, if I was there, like I took a couple of them, I'm right back there. And you don't have to share it with everyone. You don't have to be on Facebook and take a lot. You know, it doesn't matter. If you have a phone that takes pictures, just everything that might mean something in the moment, you are going to forget it. Like, you can't just constantly remember every great moment in your life and every cool smile or every funny costume a kid wore. You're not going to remember that. 
unless you have a reminder. And I just think right now I have tens. I've I don't even know how many over hundred. Well, let me just interject here. If you don't want to be reminded of your sad and awful life, take no pictures. I think that some people's lives might be sad and awful perceived by others, but there's going to be some good somewhere in there. I would like to think, and that's the tiniest bit of optimism that I have in this world. (laughs) You know, I don't have a horrible life, so I don't know. I'm I'm taking a leaf out of Ricky Gervais' book. Ricky Gervais (laughs) likes to post inspirational things on on Facebook. Oh, is that inspiration? Yeah, to me. (laughs) But what was his thing he said this week? Uh, Something about if you think your life is... If you're feeling sad and you're complaining... Your life sucks. Whatever, um, Just remember, we're all going to be dead soon. <laughs> so, have a nice day. <laughs> I thought it was really good. You know what? That's my <laughs> philosophy. Not that we're going to be dead soon. Oh, what's the point? It's more like, we're going to be dead. Why? Then stop whining. Well, I whine a lot, but mine's always right. I'm always right. <laughs> You see, that's the difference between me and other people. I don't doubt my conviction about things. I just plow through life the way I want. And I don't need to be bogged down with fantasy or fiction or um, thoughts that are supposed to comfort me. Real things comfort me, you know, even if it's sad and horrible. The real memories of things, good and bad, first marriage, bad. But remembering it is comforting in a way because it is part of my life. That is a step in my life that, you know, everything is. So that's enough for me. I don't I don't need a promise. I don't need a, a way out. I think this is good enough. But then again, I cannot account for anybody who does have a sad or horrible life that is truly sad and horrible, not just the way a lot of people think their life is. But I'm actually seeing, like, bad things in their lives. I've had some bad things in my life, but Absolutely. I don't let them get me down. Absolutely, but some people have it I mean, the whole life. Imagine a child growing up in a war zone or a person who lit like the guy we saw the movie where he was in that thing his whole life. You know, the in the round tubey thing and then had to be wheeled around all the time, couldn't get up. I mean that was a real person with a life that to a lot of people would seem it was Helen Hunt. Remember? Yes. Yes, the sessions. You know, that guy. The sessions. That's a life that you might look at and be like, oh, you know. But somewhere in his life, in the real guy's life, he touched people and inspired people. And he had quality of a life that the rest of us would be like, ugh. You know, like, I would never want that sort of restriction on me. So I guess it's all your point of view, really. Oh, hell Oh, well, it's not all in your point of view. Some things are horrible put upon you out of your control. So we can't discount that. But... If you're just an average person and you're able to listen to this podcast, probably your life is mostly fine. And if some bad things are in it, it's either going to be a disease you have no control over, which sucks, but you can deal with it, or it's choices you've made. That could be a bad marriage or too many children or spending all your money. That In that case, just deal with it. Like, do something about it. Deal with it. Everything else just is what it is. And then, uh, then you're going to go to heaven and stand in line all the time. So I don't know why this isn't better. True. You're going to burn? But you, you might stand to, in line? You might get to be on that cloud. I feel like I have to draw that now. Like you a do, cartoon. Guys, you yes. Yes, you do. I have to draw a banner of that. This is heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to heaven. And mon- actual mo- the guy monkey on the cloud it has to be. I don't know who that is. I don't even know what you're talking about. Look up on Google later. Monkey on a cloud. <laughs> Monkey on a cloud. In fact, we'll look it up now and let's see what the uh, response is. <laughs> oh my god. 
It really is a monkey on a cloud. I thought you were saying it was some dude's name. That's him there. Isn't no, he's like a he's like a ninja warrior guy who fly, who rides around on a cloud. There he is, that guy there. It was a TV show from the seventies. Hey, well, some people must love it. He's got bronze statues and, and there like, he is statuettes. On his it was amazing. I loved it. it. Used to be on TV. I watch it every week. Okay, so you would be happy with just standing in line, looking up, and watching monkey fly around? Yeah, like that. <laughs> like that shot. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, look up oh monkey on a cloud. Is that what you put? Monkey on a cloud? Yeah. Yeah, and you'll see actual. Don't monkey. look at the animated one. Look at the actual picture of a man yeah, on a cloud. Real man. Yeah, he's like a ninja. <laughs> it was probably slightly racist in his time. I'm gonna guess. It, it was a Chinese or it, Japanese. Show. I'm saying if you were to watch it now, you might be a little uncomfortable. What was funny about it was really badly dubbed, so nobody's lips matched. <laughs> And it was on children's TV. It was weird. Oh my god! Look at those pictures. I guess it was kind of the Xena. You know, Xena's kind of wacky. It was like that. And it was really bizarre, though. They like they were on floating clouds. Anyway, let's wrap this podcast if up. If Xena was on a cloud in heaven, then I would want to go there, <laughs> standing like this. Da, 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 da. I am Xena. Come for you to watch me float around on the cloud. So let me remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sidtalk.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the RSS feed, sschoolie.com. Click on the word podcast. You can subscribe there or go to iTunes or Stitcher. You can email feedback to me at sschoolie.com. Don't forget. Don't email SidTalk. Don't forget to go to my friend's website, puregeek.com. And the E's of the geek are number three. So it's pure33k. Pure G. P-U-R-E-G-3-3-K.com. Catchy. Yep. So it's geek with the threes. And stay classy, Helen Hunt. I thought you were going to say monkey on a cloud. (laughs) And I'm going to say think for yourself or someone will do it for you.